You are listening to the Fresh Focus Podcast, where VA dietitian nutritionists are serving up health and wellness information for veterans and their families. In addition to being in clinic, chatting over the phone, or using Video Connect, we are increasing your access with this podcast. Every March, we celebrate National Nutrition Month, and it's a great time to focus on ways to improve our health. This year's theme is Fuel for the Future, highlighting different ways to optimize your intake. These are some of the most toxic foods that you can eat. Well, I'm feeling a lot stronger and leaner with a lot more energy and drive. So what's your secret? And today, I'm going to be telling you about five of the best foods that you can eat if you're someone who's looking to lose There are a few things that you need to do in order to maximize your sexiness. The only fat loss food. Welcome to this Get Abs in Two Weeks Challenge. Wouldn't it be great if losing weight was as simple as snapping your fingers? In today's video, how the lemon diet can help you lose 20 pounds in two weeks. There is a way to rev up results and reach your goals faster than ever before. What is it? I don't know, but it's free from this truck that stopped outside your work. Put it in your body and ask questions later. It's green, so it's nature. That's right. So today, we're going to be focusing on the topic of health-related marketing, and more importantly, how we perceive and engage with this information. Welcome back to the Fresh Focus Podcast. I'm Seeger, one of your Fresh Focus team dietitians. Please note, this episode will not just be a list of sketchy marketing practices. Instead, this will be more of an exercise in observing the context in which these methods thrive, and how to shift our perception in a way that helps to protect ourselves from poor-quality, misleading information. Let's start off with some observations about our diet culture and the information environment in which we live. It goes without saying that we are surrounded by health information. There are TV shows, documentaries, books, movies, magazines, medical staff, articles, research studies, the internet, social media, and even this very podcast and those like it. The internet especially has become the general favorite for researching health-related topics. It's easy. I get it. The primary issue is that many of these sources are hit and miss in regards to quality. There isn't much distinction between the shoddy, poor-quality info and the more superior, beneficial information that can help to keep us from wasting our time and effort. Nothing is more frustrating than thinking you are doing the right things, but later finding out that you were given bad or incomplete information. It's the Wild West out here, and not everyone is Doc Holliday. I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. Not to mention... Online advertisement algorithms can further leave you in an information bubble as they will continue to show you similar products and information for what you may have already searched for. Unfortunately, health is a multi-billion dollar industry, and everyone has something to sell. Also, don't always assume that a book or documentary is going to be a good source of information, as these can be just as questionable. This is coming from a guy that loves health-related books, but I still have to be careful about what I perceive as fact. We still have to be aware that some people may be approaching that topic with a bit of a slant in their views versus an objective look at the information provided. We also have to be mindful of dogma, which is basically something that is perceived as fact but may not always be based on adequate grounds. You might ask, how can this happen? Well, unfortunately, repetition can greatly affect our beliefs. And health is an ever-evolving field. Have you ever heard the old adage of, if a lie is repeated enough, it can be believed as fact? Well, sometimes that happens, especially when people aren't willing to look at new information. It also doesn't help that everyone seems to be an expert, especially if they have a product to sell. Some of those people are being intentionally misleading for the sake of product sales, book purchases, article clicks, and so on and so forth. 
Others may mean well, but may be operating with the misleading assumption that whatever happened to work for them will work for everyone, even if the process wasn't the safest or healthiest. Or perhaps someone with exceptional genetics decides to sell their quote-unquote secret diet and exercise plan that they swear was the magical reason behind their success. There are always outliers in the data, people that have to do very little work to achieve their desired goal. And I'm not harping on these people. More power to them. But they may not be the ones that we should be taking health advice from. And I won't even get started on celebrity endorsements, most of which have nothing to do with the products they're peddling aside from collecting the check. We've all seen the ads and infomercials. There's also the Dunning-Kruger effect. This is a situation in which someone's lack of knowledge and skill in a certain area causes them to overestimate their own competence in that area. Have you ever had someone try to tell you how to do your job that belonged to a completely different department and had no knowledge of your position? Welcome to the daily life of the health professional. Since everyone has a body, and that body requires maintenance in the form of health and lifestyle factors, many people assume that they are automatically qualified to share their thoughts on the matter. Especially social media, the almighty dumpster fire of unsolicited advice and sketchy information. You must never go there. I once overheard a conversation where someone was saying that the other person shouldn't drink so much water or else they would never be able to lose weight. Please note, this was a 20-something-year-old, not an older adult with congestive heart failure and fluid retention. Now, this is not an appeal to authority. I'm not saying that you should only get info from this podcast, other dietitians, or even top nutrition and exercise scientists. I'm saying that you will likely have more luck with these sources, but you should always proceed with some healthy caution. Don't be afraid to ask questions and probe for further explanation. Many questions in health require an it-depends type of response. And it's okay to ask for further explanation. Not everything is black and white, good or bad. Sometimes it requires a discussion. Even public health recommendations sometimes have to be simplified for the sake of a clear message. But this doesn't always show us the full picture. Now that we have a bit of backstory in regards to our health environment, let's discuss some of the things that can help us alter our perception or lens, if you will, in which we view this information. Later, we will discuss some specific tips to keep that lens healthy, robust, and protected, as well as better safeguard our time and effort. I think the most important thing to discuss first is to really highlight the fact that the foundational pillars of health are the ones that we want to be paying the most attention to. These will provide the biggest bang for our buck. People will often get themselves in a situation where they more or less lose the force for the trees. This is especially true when it comes to nutrition. The athlete that lives on fast food but wonders what supplements to take. The person that gets obsessed with a specific superfood versus getting a full spread of whole real foods that could all be considered superfoods. My personal favorite, the person that goes on a low-carb or ketogenic diet, doesn't lose weight, but also never paid any attention to calories. Again, we want to work smarter, not harder. Unfortunately, some of the information that surrounds us does a better job of complicating the process than helping it. Back in episode one of the Fresh Focus podcast, Beth covers the basics of what we need to know in regards to nutrition. That whole series is a good nutritional primer if you haven't checked it out. And if you haven't listened to that specific episode, let me give you a quick recap. In fact, let's boil down the most important aspects of nutrition in one sentence. You ready? The foundation of good nutrition is to get a consistent, balanced intake of real food. That's it. That's the foundation. From there, you can discuss all kinds of things, like the healthy plate, getting into hydration, etc. 
and then it cascades into all kinds of other more specific topics. But note, as you spread out from the basics and the topics get more specific, they also tend to become less important. It's kind of like the closer you look, the more blurry things get. Importance and priority should go hand in hand. The more important something is, and the bigger effect it has, the more we should prioritize that topic. But that's not always how things go. And of course there will be exceptions to this, but in general this is what should make up the basis of our lens. The basic foundational pillars of health have not changed. The difference is that now we have a choice to improve upon those pillars or succumb to convenience and comfort. It's important to put the foundational items first as this helps to clarify the way in which we view and receive health-related information. If we understand what makes up that foundational structure of health, we are less influenced by the whirlwind of pseudoscience, unethical marketing, and general dogma. There are hundreds of thousands of specific health-related topics that can be discussed. We should prioritize the big-ticket, highly important topics, as doing this will often take care of those more specific items without having to specifically focus on them. For example, if a person improves their intake quality prior to focusing on quantity and calories, it can make this process of quantification much easier. It's a much more efficient approach to try to moderate an intake based on filling nutrient-dense foods rather than hyperpalatable, nutrient-devoid, and minimally satiating foods. The point is, the ability to prioritize incoming information can be invaluable. And more often than not, the best information you can get is often the most pragmatic, reasonable, and let's face it, boring information that you can receive. That's why it can be hard to sell products based on the basics and why we see so many ads based on largely unimportant topics. We have to be careful not to get caught up in the flashy headlines and extravagant promises. The bottom line is that we should continue to try and hold people accountable for their actions and any unethical delivery of information, but we also have to be cautious, objective, and intentional with the way that we receive these topics. We have to accept the responsibility as the receiver of information. And through this having and giving and sharing and receiving, we too can share and have and receive. We can't assume that everyone has our best interest at heart as much as we wish we could. And it's easy to get caught up in these claims. It's in our nature to be drawn to these. We naturally look for the easier path. And I think it's important to note that I don't necessarily believe this is just out of laziness. I think we are all trying to pursue a path that exemplifies the idea of working smarter, not harder. We are trying to make the best use of our time, but we must do our due diligence to vet those sources appropriately. If we don't feel comfortable in doing so, then we must reach out to a respected expert in that field. Let's not even call them an expert. Let's just call them experienced. There's always more to learn, and there are always ideas and concepts that have to be reevaluated. The more you learn, the more you don't know, so to speak. And it's okay to not feel like you have any proper knowledge of things like nutrition and exercise. That's why there are different career paths for people. It's impossible to be knowledgeable in all of the areas that we would love to be knowledgeable in. There's only so much time in the day. So don't be afraid to look for a trusted source of information. Being realistic means that you are aware that your time is sacred and must be protected. We have significant others, kids, friends, family, jobs, hobbies, life goals, and so on and so forth. It's okay to delegate by collecting info from a trusted source rather than having to devote time away from what's important. It's also okay to get a second opinion. In fields like science and epidemiology, 
recommendations from quality research is dependent upon the totality of information and data. That just means that multiple sources of information need to come to a similar conclusion before we can consider acting on that information or make recommendations. So if someone tells you something that you are unsure of, or seems kind of left of center, it's okay to look that up, ask another professional, or even ask that specific person to give a more detailed explanation of their views. So to wrap this up, I want to give a few quick tips to help keep us protected within the whirlwind of information in which we live. Number one, use caution. Take everything with a grain of salt, pun intended. You can find a research study, book, documentary, magazine article, etc. that will confirm any belief that we wish to confirm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Again, research requires that multiple sources of data come to an agreement. So don't just take advice from the loudest person in the room, especially if they don't have any good background or experience in that particular field. Number two, context. Zoom out. Try to be as objective as possible. Don't lose the forest for the trees. You can't put the puzzle together if you've never seen the picture that you're trying to build. Understand that health is a combination of good choices, not the obsession over one item or topic. Number three, objectivity. Play devil's advocate. Look at both sides. We don't want to get so blinded by our own beliefs that we refuse to observe additional information. Confirmation bias is the act of seeking information that only confirms our pre-existing views. It's like doing research in an echo chamber. We should all be constantly learning and investing into our database of wisdom. Number four, patience. Take your time. Build your foundation. Don't be hasty and reckless. Don't reach for those quick, shiny solutions. If you make a mistake, learn from it and move on. It's only a big deal to us because we were the ones that made the mistake. But we benefit from both success and failure because both of these teach us how to pursue health in a way that works for us and our individual lifestyles. And keep in mind, the amount of work you put in on the front end is directly related to the ease of which it is to maintain your progress once you finally met your goal. Number five, consistency. Be consistently good, not occasionally perfect. We want to learn ways to improve our consistency, but there will always be some ebb and flow to our progress. If we can be mentally prepared for that, the journey becomes a lot easier. And number six, be realistic. Try not to be swayed by the siren song of ridiculous claims. We must try to be level-headed as much as we can be. Focus on the basics, get specific when needed, but be weary of anything that seems too good to be true. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Fresh Focus. Be sure to leave a review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, and make sure to stay tuned for future episodes. 